0: Welcome to episode 43 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares and celebrates all of the good stuff going on out there and all of those good people who are making it happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and I'm really looking forward to sharing some good news with you today. I mean, that is what we're all about here, after all. And to start, and I'm a couple of weeks late on this, but Don and I received another beautiful handmade valentine in the mail from Aunt Inez and Uncle Dan. And I know that Uncle Dan was the one uh, who spent all the time crafting it. Uh, But as you may recall, we received one last year as well. And it's so special. It's, well, and let me tell you what it says. It said, On Valentine's Day and every day, you have a special place in our hearts. We love you. Well, talk about an act of kindness, for sure. And we're so grateful for it, to have received it, and for the time and the thought to create it and to send it. And we're grateful to have them in our lives. So thank you, Aunt Inez and Uncle Dan. We love you, too. And you know what else I'm grateful for? All of you for listening in, for creating this Yins Are Good community and for sharing stories of good (laughs) and telling us about people in the Pittsburgh area who are doing good things for other people. And so with that in mind, what's coming up today? You may be wondering, well, you're going to hear from not one, but two, yes, two fabulous women who have made it their life's work to help those dealing with mental health challenges. They're helping people of all ages, and they're from two different organizations. First, Julia Broglie, co-founder of The Broglie Box, which is, among other things, a way to send someone comfort, support, and love, and they do so much more. And Stephanie Rodriguez from Upstreet Pittsburgh, which is a teen mental health service that offers free counseling to anyone ages 12 to 22. I mean, talk about yins being good. And then, of course, we have Name That Neighborhood, Dawn Returning. Who knows what will happen there? But first, I would like to share with you an awesome encounter slash experience I had this past week. Okay, so my dad needed to have a dental procedure done this week, and I went with him. And, okay, my parents went to the same dentist for over 40 years in Swissvale, And ownership or whatever have you uh, changed hands, but they kept going to that same office. And so we went there and it is a perfect smile Swissvale. And oh and this is not a paid advertisement by the way. I promise you it is not. So we go and I'm waiting. You know, I'm in the waiting area and a man comes in and goes you know to to the front desk there and says, "Hi, I just wanted to stop by to give someone a pat on the back." And of course I look up like, whoa. and uh, Sheila the awesome front desk clerk there said oh is and you know who do you want to see and he said Robin he said oh I was getting terrible headaches and then she worked on my, is she here she did such a good job he's like and I just I'm here to give her a pat on the back and tell her oh my goodness so Sheila says yes hold on one second Robin will come out and so then Robin comes out and Come to find out his name is Joe, and he's 80 years old, and and Robin is the dental assistant there. And he said, I just wanted to thank you. He said, I just had to come and thank you because we don't often take time to tell people the good things that they do. Oh, my goodness. So then she says, Joe, can I get a hug? And they hugged. And then there's more. I wanted to comment on the entire team there because my dad, it was a a, a delicate procedure going on. And every single person, and I'm going to name them all, uh, Dr. Singh, Robin, as we mentioned, Sheila, as I mentioned, Anasia, another dental assistant, Angie, hygienist, everybody there. So good. So kind. Everyone just over the top good stuff over-the-top goodness going on there. And I, and I mean that. I'm saying that in all sincerity. And both my dad and I were so impressed. And my, da- my dad felt he was taken such good care of. And it was clear that they all really cared about my dad and that he really understood everything that was going on and knew what steps he was going to have to take next. And so perfect smile, Swiss fail. Yin's are good.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so happy we could finally make this happen. (laughs) I know. Me too. And are you,
0: so you're in, are you in LA?
1: Yeah, I live in Los Angeles, but obviously originally from Pittsburgh. So I always have, the Berg will always be a part of my heart. Yes,
0: it's true, right? We we carry it with us. We definitely do. (laughs) So julia broglie and you know it's funny i've been in my head i was i've been pronouncing it broglie i was adding a little
1: jush Ooh, to a it. little flair so maybe you want to think about adding the "e" eh to it so i'm italian but my yes. like ancestors like so i'm italian but when we traced back like forever and ever back generations some of my family came from france so, but my, my original name, like some of the family, the original name was Broglie Ah uh, with an A, and then some of the family changed it to E. Um, so, it's very interesting. So, it could have at one point been pronounced that way. You were just ahead of the, you were ahead of the game. Shake you. Yes. I was just tapping into <laughs> the <laughs> exactly. history. Exactly.
0: So, let's start. So, we have the Broglie box, which… Let's just get right into it. So could you just want to start with what is a Broglie Box?
1: Sure. So Broglie Box as a company, um, we put together mental wellness and self-care toolkits. Um, so there's the option to build your own or we have pre-curated boxes for different themes. Um, but they're all focused on mental wellness and self-care and how we came up with um the the products and the categories of products um, is what we like to call our six pillars of mental wellness um, and how we came up with that were when I first started the company we interviewed a lot of mental health professionals and also a lot of peers who just have been through it I basically sat on Facebook uh, there was different Facebook groups for anxiety support depression support mental health support and I just watched and listened and learned about what products and and resources and tools helped people and then had several conversations with actual mental health professionals asking them to recommend to your patients outside of therapy um, to support themselves because the reality is you can't be with your therapist Mm 24-7. And what we found were there were six reoccurring themes over and over again. Um, And those were mindfulness, gratitude, relaxation, sleep, nutrition, and fitness. And so the box contents from the pre-curated items usually fall within one of those six categories. Um, And then later on, as the company progressed, we found people love the option to choose their own. And so that's why we launched the Build-A-Box. You can go pick which items you want. Um, My favorite product is probably our magazine booklets, they're resource booklets, and we have five different editions. It's called Peace of Mind. And it's articles, resources, visual tools, guides, all from mental health professionals, as well as app recommendations, book recommendations, all that good stuff.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. So, okay. So much to dive into here. So (laughs) if, (laughs) so let actually, can you tell us a little more about yourself and
1: how, let's say what your inspiration was? for creating this? Yeah. So, um, my inspiration comes from a very personal place. Um, so I actually have, um, I struggled with anxiety and depression from a young age, but as a young kid and never really had the language or the awareness to be able to describe what I was feeling. Um, and also due to stigma, I was highly, highly ashamed about how these, these things that I was struggling with um I felt guilty because I grew up and had I felt like I had everything and it didn't make sense why at times I felt so sad um and so I suffered in silence for a long time um and never really got the help that I needed um and then unfortunately I was not the only one struggling and my brother Justin Um, at age 24, died by suicide. So he had been struggling with major depressive disorder um, for quite some time, and um, unfortunately, passed away. Um, And so that experience, that crisis really woke me up to the realization that if I didn't get help for myself, I was probably on the same path that he was. Mm -hmm. And so uh, first and foremost, it allowed me to wake up to the fact that I needed to, some help. So that was what I did first. And through the grieving process um, was able to start this healing journey. And then I just, when my family, we were so open about the fact that he died by suicide. No one tried to hide it. And as, as you shouldn't because it's just like any other situation. Um, but, and just trying to destigmatize the fact that suicide, unfortunately um, is, is real and, and, and it's a medical condition, like, you know, like we talk about. Um, And so we were very open. So we started telling his story um, because he wasn't here to tell it anymore. And I started speaking more openly about my own mental health challenges. And because of that, people in the community, our friends, family started coming out of the woodwork and saying that they too, either they struggled as well, or they knew someone that did. And so people started, because we were so open, people started asking me for resources. And at the time I didn't have them. I was like, I don't know. I, um, but I will get them. And so I just started collecting all of these resources and product recommendations, um, and tools to help people so that I was simply because I wanted to be prepared for those conversations. And, uh, the engineer and me had a color-coded spreadsheet um, <laughs> based on all these categories that I kept coming across, which, of course, now become Six Pillars of Mental Wellness. Um, and it kind of just snowballed from there. I was like, this would be a really interesting way to get product, um, to get tools in front of people um, and in a way that feels very warm and digestible. And it honestly feels like a gift. So you're opening this box of, of tools and you don't even realize sometimes that they're for your mental health um, because they're packaged and bundled in a way that it's exciting to receive. Oh, and even just what, how, you know, I've seen them
0: online on, on your site. And and I absolutely get that even just from seeing the pictures of them. Oh, thank how, you. Oh, yeah. How unique and how, how very special they are. And this, well, first, if, if I can ask, how are you and your family doing? Um, how
1: long ago did your brother passed? He passed in 2014 and okay. thank you for asking. We're we're doing really well. I mean, the thing about grief is that there's this um there's this schematic and I have to send it to you and um grief never gets smaller. It, you you learn to live with it in some ways and um and it's always there. I mean, even I'm with my parents this weekend and Um, last night we were talking about my brother and, you know, you just, you just learn to, I mean, we've really tried to celebrate the life that he had, even though it was so short at age 24, you know, Mm -hmm. he had his whole life ahead of him, but even those 24 years, he, he filled and everyone that knew him and was friends with him, he, he truly impacted. Like he had this ability to, you're in a room with him or you're talking to him and he had this ability to just make you feel like you were the only person in the world. Like he was so mindful in every conversation. Um, and he was like, so smart. He was, um, he actually had his own business in web, de- uh, web application development. He was a, basically a software engineer and, um, he was able to take on projects that he really believed in. Like he, he was like, I'm only going to take projects on that have some sort of social impacts, which is really cool. Like he was constantly looking out to make a difference. So we always say that he's now making a difference through Broglie box, which obviously the company is a dedication to him, mm-hmm. uh, but we're, we're doing well. I mean, yeah, like I said, grief never goes away. It hits you randomly sometimes, but for the most part, we've, we've gotten to the point now that we can look back and, and look back with a smile. Mm. And what a tribute to him than to you know the,
0: the huge number of people that you're helping thank you and, yeah so as we're talking about and you mentioned the boxes and you and you can kind of and build your own box do you want to kind of take us through the steps of it if someone is interested in going on what is this all about so how does it work
1: Yeah, so you can um, go on our website. And like I said, if, if you want to choose from one of our pre curated options, we have options for, like alleviate anxiety, we have options for students, we have a grief box. So if you know someone who is 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 grieving, um, the grief box is a really great option for that. Um, And it's Like I said, all the boxes, they have these magazines, these resource booklets in there. So for example, the grief box has a grief version of our magazine and it has articles to help navigate through grief. Like it's all things that I wish I would have had, like (laughs) even grieving. But then like the anxiety magazine has anxiety resources. Um, So you can, like I said, you can pick from one of those, another popular option, um, is corporate, so we have a lot of um, we have a lot of corporate clients that actually purchase um, boxes or kits for to manage stress or elite, like help with focus that type of thing. Um, so you can pick one of those, or you can go on build a box and literally just takes you right through the steps. Um, so you can choose all the items, and then we also have a quiz feature on the website that if you're like I'm not really sure which box I want to pick. Especially if you're choosing for someone else, sometimes it gets a little tricky um, because you're like, I don't know what they would like or whatnot. Um, you can take the quiz and it can help guide you to that process. I love this. And just and the
0: specificity of it, you know how you really can make it so specific to the person and even that quiz, what a great idea.
1: Yeah, because I think so that is very, so true so and... unique you know like everyone, yeah everyone's unique and what works for me might not resonate or work for someone else. So um, we try, we're trying to make it as unique and custom as as possible recognizing that, you know, everyone's different.
0: Yeah. And that feeling too, I think we've probably all had it of, I do want to help, but I'm not sure exactly what might be the right thing for this person in this situation and having guidance in that way. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you are, my experience has been that if you know someone's struggling and they say, and you say immediately back, like, oh, you should go to therapy. Sometimes it comes off in the wrong way. Right. So we've seen that over and over again. And so we've gotten an email saying like, I gave that my loved one a Broglie box and just wrote them a note because you can actually pick one of our greeting cards and what someone from our team will handwrite a note that you choose to leave if you're sending it as a gift. Um, and so I wrote them a note or even you can send it anonymously. And the person was just like warming up to the fact that, oh, like it's okay to take care of my, my mental health. And there's nothing wrong with going to therapy, for example, but you don't have to exp- the loved one doesn't have to explicitly say it, but as a result, mm. the ste- the box is like a first step on someone's pr- way to professional treatment um, because it's definitely not a replacement. We say that a lot. Like this is not a, re- a replacement for therapy. This is not better than therapy. We want to encourage it as a supplemental tool to all of all of the professional resources out there. And oftentimes we're guiding um, the recipient to those.
2: Hmm.
0: And when you mentioned earlier about after your brother had passed and you realized first you needed to get help for yourself and then you know and then what more can i do do you have any advice in addition to those who maybe who are currently struggling with mental health challenges or if they know someone who is and i think pretty much those two categories would cover every listener i think that either you know so many Folks struggle with it or absolutely know someone who is.
1: Yeah. So the statistic is actually that one in five um, people will struggle with a mental health challenge at any given time. And, but we like to say that five in five have mental health. And we all either go through these, we're all human and we go through these waves of, of life where um, we're struggling with our mental health. And actually, those statistics. You know that was even pre-pandemic when those statistics came out, the one in five. So I I would argue that it's it's gone up um, since yeah. the pandemic. But yeah, if you're if you're somewhere out there and you're listening and you might be struggling, first and foremost, know as cliche as it sounds that you're not alone. Um, for me personally, as I was in this in that state of mind, I I literally felt like I couldn't talk about it because. I was embarrassed and felt like I was the only one that was struggling with these things. Um, and the reality is that that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if you're, if you're struggling out there, please know that resources are available and that you're worthy of getting help and you're worthy of feeling better and feeling like yourself again. Um, and the resources do exist. So that was the other thing I was like, even if, even if I got help, I'm not really sure if I could ever feel normal again, and I could ever feel like my normal, happy Julia self. And, and I'm living proof that you can go from literally the lowest of the low and to feeling okay again. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I live with anxiety and depression, so I'm not like skipping happy-go-lucky girl all the time. I mean, it comes and ebbs and flows and it comes, it comes back for sure. But now I'm so much more equipped to handle when it does come back because of these professional resources. Um, I'm equipped to handle it coming back in general. And then I've, I've found that since getting help, these, at, these waves of depression, for example, have become a lot shorter, whereas they used to last so much longer. Um, so if you're struggling out there, please know it's please ask for help. Please reach out if you need resources and you don't have someone in your family that you feel comfortable reaching out for help. Please reach out to Broglie box. Um, that's what we're here for. We're kind of like this connector to resources. Um, we don't just sell products. We, we recommend a lot of resources to a lot of people. So we are happy to help in any way. But I think first and foremost, it's just, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to just to ask. Mm.
0: And how would folks get in touch with Broglie Box?
1: Oh, you can, um, you can reach out to us um, on our, any of our social platforms. So Instagram it's at the Broglie Box. Um, Our website is brogliebox.com. And I'll just spell that for anyone that's listening. B-R-O-G-L-I-E-B-O-X.com. Um, and or you can email us at info at Wonderful. And that will all be
0: in our show notes as well, of course.
1: Yeah. And what is your favorite
0: part about the work that you've been doing?
1: Oh, my gosh. My favorite (laughs) part is when is the people that reach out and tell me that this work has impacted them positively in some way. Um, The whole reason I'm doing this, I made a huge career move, um, pivoted my whole life because I just really believe that um, I'm trying to make an impact, a positive impact on the world. And so my favorite part is when I can see that happening um, because you, you do this work and sometimes it's, it's really hard to hear stories from people who are struggling. And I'm so su- I'm, I'm such an empath because I've been there before. And so to hear, to hear people in their emails and in their voices and, and, just to see like, oh, I'm really struggling. And then to see the work that we're doing change, help change their life in some way. um, That's definitely my favorite part. Mm. I, I would imagine so. It's pretty much you're saving lives. Thank you. And I will also say that I should have mentioned this in the last question that you asked me, but if you are in crisis, please, first of all, call 911. Or if you feel like you might be in crisis um, and you want to text, you can actually text what's called the crisis text line, um, and you'll get connected immediately to a crisis counselor 24-7, so any hour of the day, anytime, um, And you can text, the number is 741741, and okay. if you text the keyword home, it will... Um, it will initiate that conversation and you can get connected to someone immediately.
0: And we'll include that in our show notes as well for folks. What an inspiration and and example you are for, as you were saying, uh, coming from the lowest of low and first taking care of yourself and then choosing to see how you could help so many others. Just thank you so
1: much. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's why we do the work that we do. I mean, the reality is that you're you'll have a listener on the podcast that maybe you never would have expected or someone someone in your friends and family network that um has been struggling and been afraid to to say anything, but I mean, if we can if we can provide some sort of help or even just destigmatizing these conversations, so thank you for having me on because it's people like you that are having these conversations and bringing these conversations to light, um, that are really making a difference in making this a more normalized and humanized conversation.
0: Mm. Well, you're so welcome. And it's really been an honor talking to you and, and getting to hear all about this and, uh, listeners, you got to go. I know probably already people there, I know listeners are already typing it in. I would be going to that website and, and seeing what it's all about. So thank you. Let's start off with, Stephanie, please tell
3: us a little bit about you, if you will, and your background. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am born and raised in Pittsburgh and went to school a little bit north of Pittsburgh um, at Gannon University. I went there for um, education, actually, so teaching, and I graduated with a degree in special ed and early childhood education. After I graduated, I started teaching and realized, you know, it wasn't quite where I wanted to be. I knew that, like kids, was always where I wanted to—the age range of any type of kid, I guess, is where I wanted to be. But the classroom wasn't it, so I started doing some research and fell into a degree in professional counseling um, from the University of Carlo. And I have been doing mental health since 2018, and it's been such a change and, you know, something that I think I finally like found what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to work with kids and the mental health field, I think is kind of where my path led me. And it's been wonderful since. Hmm. And was it at your time at
0: Carlo or just after that, when you, you know, specifically moved into the mental health aspect of it?
3: I originally thought like schools was like the best place for me to be. And when I was at Carlo, I actually thought about guidance counseling Mm -hmm. and then through some more education and stuff about what that job might look like. um, I figured schools probably weren't wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to focus more on like the relationship with kids instead of so much about the school aspect, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now and so
0: you with Upstreet Pittsburgh. Okay, yes. where to start? Maybe, can we just start
3: with, what is Upstreet Pittsburgh? Yeah, um, so Upstreet is a barrier-free mental health service for anyone ages 12 to 22. We have a couple different options, I guess, when it comes to Upstreet, too, for teens to get involved with it. We have our chatbot, which is on our website, and its original purpose was for... Brief support. So, if somebody is, you know, just having a hard day, they just need someone to talk to, anything like that. They can come on and talk to one of us. We're on, um, we're on call on our chat bot. And it originally started with just kind of the idea of teens coming on there. And slowly, like since we've started, we've realized that it's also a space for parents to be able to use it as well. So, you know, if parents are like, My kid's struggling and I need some input or um, I want to get my kid involved in services. What do I do? And also, you know, we've been seeing a increase in providers also. So other mental health professionals who maybe have a wait list or, you know, want to help outside CYF and, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of different services on the chatbot that we offer, which has been a cool thing to watch it like transition from where we really started with it, too. Our hours for the weekdays are 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then on weekends, we do 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Great. And you until... can always leave a message on it, of course, like on the chatbot. And we'll get back to people if it's outside of our hours. Um, but those are the hours where you can really talk to somebody. Chatbot is pretty easy just because it originally will start with a, like a robot um, talking to you to get you set up to figure out what you need. Um, you can sign up like for our therapy services through there too. Um, but for the brief support part of it or parents asking questions and stuff, they'll just connect you. You just say, can I talk to a human and, um, it'll connect you to whoever's on call, which is pretty, it's a pretty easy process to be able to do. And I think that that was kind of our idea behind all of it too, was to make it as easy as possible for anybody to be able to use our services. The chatbot is where you would always start, but we have free therapy services as well, Um, So you don't need to have insurance to be able to use our therapy services, which is a big change. There's not many places that offer that out there. So, you know, the idea behind this barrier free mental health service has really come a long way with teens being able to get themselves the help that they want without fully having to go through their parents if they're not comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just. You know, in I don't know if you know this, but in Pennsylvania, when you're 14, you have the right to consent to your own mental health treatment. So without having to go through insurance and stuff, you know, it fully can help these teens and young adults get the support that they need without feeling like they have to go to their parents to share this information or if they're not ready to share it with their parents yet, you know, they can start getting services beforehand.
0: Oh, okay. And I was actually going to ask when you mentioned barrier free before what some of those barriers usually are.
3: Yeah, I think insurance is a big one and cost in general, I think is a big one for anybody, but especially these young kids, you know, who are in high school, who don't have jobs, who can't afford to do therapy on their own, whose parents might not be supportive of mental health treatment yet. So I think, you know, eliminating that piece of this is a huge step in the mental health field. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, if we
0: can just getting a sense maybe a little history if you will yeah. uh of
3: upstreet and so how long has it been around when was it founded and and why yeah so upstreet is a program off of jewish family and community services which is located in squirrel hill and our coo this is actually like her her idea her baby you know all of that she started this and we actually launched like during the pandemic and the heat of things Um, and the original plan was for this to actually be an in-person service in Squirrel Hill. You know, it's a, it's a good location for a bunch of those Oakland campuses. There's a bunch of schools near Squirrel Hill, um, to be a walk-in service for this age group. And because of the pandemic, we fully had to switch what we were going to do with this. And that's where the chatbot came from essentially like a virtual drop-in instead of an in-person drop-in. And we've been able to support and help a lot more kids because of that, because we can reach a wider range of people, um, you know, not just people who are local to Oakland or Squirrel Hill. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is fairly new. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting, too,
0: how many conversations I've had uh, in general, not just on the show, but about changes that happened during the pandemic and how some of them maybe were you know the w- changes that had to be made I should say and after the fact it's like you know what maybe this we should keep it this way yeah and we well, you know we maybe not wouldn't have thought of it or and so when you were saying how now actually you're able to serve even more folks
3: right yeah i we talk about that often you know how it, of course it wasn't a part of the original plan but it is a it was a blessing in disguise at that point too and The pandemic hit and we had to change everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Are there plans
0: to have an in-person situation? I mean, I know I say plans in
3: quotes because who knows,
0: (laughs) Um, whenever that time could come, but is that idea still
3: uh, still there? Yeah, it's definitely still there. Um, Maybe a little bit different, I think, than we originally had planned in general, just because we want to keep up with chatbot and doing what we're doing now, but also creating a space somewhere for teens. We're just not really sure, you know, what that might look like or when that might happen. <laughs> Hard <laughs> right, to plan.
0: Right. Oh, indeed. Yeah. I know your your title with Upstreet is adolescent and teen psychotherapist. Yes. And I'm, you know, I'm just wondering in, in your work as a therapist, if you wanted, if you could share with us some of the most common thoughts or issues that that young people bring to you
3: yeah I guess like the couple of the things that I mostly see whether it's either on the chatbot or in you know individual sessions is relationship stuff friendships um significant others relationships with parents all of those relationships come up grades and school pressure seems to be a big one too Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on these kids to be performing at this, you know, crazy high level and it shows how hard that can be and challenging that can be for them. I also have been noticing a lot of like social media stuff coming up, you know, comparing Mm -hmm. we, we live in this world, I guess, where it's so easy to compare ourselves to other people because we can see what everyone's doing at all times. Um, Mm -hmm. I think social media has really brought that out. Um, So that's been a big one that I've been noticing as well, too. Yeah, it's kind of it's inescapable
0: in a way. You know, I think about when I was growing up and you perhaps. um, But that idea has always been around. Right. Of People, you know, or people who of people, you know, comparing yourself to others, It's something in general that we all deal with. But the scale where it is now and because social media is presenting the glossiest version of, you know, usually the, you know, the best of and how, especially with younger people and with minds that are still being formed with brain, you know, literally mm-hmm. and yeah. seeing all of that and thinking they have, that's a perfect life or that's a perfect relationship or that's a, why don't I have that? Right. Or why can't I, and just it's in the, the consistency of that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said inescapable, I think is like the perfect word for it too. It's at our, at the, you know, at our fingertips at all times, you know, you can log on and see what your friends are doing at all times. And I think that that causes a lot of challenges for teens. I don't, I mean, I remember finding out sometimes when I was younger, if friends did something without me, but it's like all over the place all the time, what kids are doing. And, I think it's just a harder life to be living with this social media stuff and learning how to use it appropriately or, you know, learning when to turn it off if it's harmful for you. Hmm.
0: Is there some of the, um, I don't know if advice is the right word, but, you know, some of what you're finding is really effective with the teens that you talk to as far as how to handle that, how to, you know, be able to face it better from day to day?
3: I think it's dependent on like the kid you're talking to, um, you know, and phrasing it in a way that, you know, social media isn't all bad. There's so many good things that have come from social media, but Mm -hmm. just learning to know your limits with it. And, you know, I think I sometimes even still struggle with that. Um, yeah, I think everybody probably does, but, you know, realizing whenever it's hurting you instead of helping you is a really hard thing to learn trying to be mindful, I guess, more of where your brain goes when you're on social media, the people you follow, the groups that you attend and all of that stuff. So I think it's just an important piece to be more mindful, I think. And that's a hard thing to learn.
0: Yeah. We um, had a guest, Taylor Pinkston, the heart advocate, Mm -hmm. was on a recent episode. And it was interesting. She almost, you know, exactly what you said when she was just talking about self-care you know, taking care of yourself. And one of the things she said was be mindful of who you follow on social media, because even if you're not thinking about it and you're just scrolling through that energy, that that's an experience with each one and it affects you oftentimes more deeply than you realize even. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 That's such a good point because, you know, I think you get to a point where you start to realize it, but trying to learn to realize it before it's harmful is a hard thing. Yeah.
0: And and how about the parents? Have you, um, I don't know if you yourself have spoken with any of the parents who call in um, or bought in? Oh yeah. my gosh, did I just <laughs> say that? Okay, I just said it. Is it usually, and I know you had said this, but in connection with, I'm concerned about my child exhibiting perhaps certain behavior or how to communicate with or? Yeah, I think
3: for the most part, it's how to best support their child mental health has come a very, very long way, especially in the past couple of years. But I think it's kind of still, it still has the stigma a little bit around it. And I think parents are a little bit confused and and it scares them a lot when they see their kids struggling, rightfully so. And I think it's important to, you know, for parents to also have support because they're they're watching their kids struggle and then, you know, that causes them to struggle as well. So, I think, you know, just making sure that we have the resources for parents to find different like parent support groups or, um, you know, anything outside of just like a short chat that we offer them, just giving them more resources for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And speaking
0: of, so let's, so where can, you know, listeners who are thinking, where can I go? <laughs> or, you know, I, I definitely would like more information. or How do we get connected? So where can they go to learn more?
3: Yeah, um, our website would be the best way to start. It's upstreetpgh.org. We have a a blog post on there. Um, We have the chatbot, of course. There's more resources on there. You can read all about Upstreet on there. But if there's any other questions or you're like, I'm a little bit interested in like something we're offering, just hop on the chatbot and ask to talk to a human and it'll be connected to one of us and we can answer any questions that somebody might have.
0: What if I can ask, what is your favorite part? about the work you're doing. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's a good question. Big question. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Thanks. (laughs) Um I think working in the mental health field is challenging. Um, you know, it brings up a lot of our own emotions and things like that. Sometimes that can, you know, making supporting other people who are struggling hard. But I think my favorite part, you know, is actually whenever you see a client make these improvements or have been working on something for so long and then something kicks in and they're like, I tried this today and it worked, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. just seeing that little like those small changes, you know, they're always worth celebrating. And I think sometimes we forget to celebrate those small changes and the small victories that we accomplish when we're struggling because it's so easy to focus on the negative and, something I always, you know, talk about with my clients is don't forget about those small victories because they're so important.
0: I'm nodding my head now. I just realized like (laughs) no one can see me, but I'm nodding my head just uh, as you were saying that because (laughs) it is, it's the small victories are the, it's a series of those. Yes, absolutely. You're changing lives and doing it for them at ages when there's so much that they're trying to navigate and i mean we all for life is full of that no matter how old you are but especially in those teenage years Yeah, we all know yes
3: um it's just thank you so much for the work you're doing oh yeah of course i'm happy to be doing what i'm doing and i appreciate you bringing me on to share more about what we're doing oh my gosh we're so happy to have you and you and, and everyone there
0: the whole team at upstreet pittsburgh thank you so much yeah thank you Don.
2: Hello, Tressa.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Name That Neighborhood. <gasps>
2: is it time?
0: It is. It is indeed time.
2: Oh boy, I'm <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, okay. I'm so
0: scared. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to tell folks in case they're not familiar with uh, what? Say that by is. the
2: bell reference. Look it up. Do yourselves a favor.
0: <laughs> so it is. It's it's time.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think we should mention. That you have been in training. Ooh,
2: I have been in training. Yes. Uh, for our... Diligently.
0: Li- yeah. For our live show coming up, and especially for name, that neighborhood live. So, folks, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you might want to do so now, because all I got to say is there's a video of Don training.
2: Don't give it away. That's all I'm going to say. No spoiler alerts. Okay. No spoilers.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, how are you? Oh, just Andy. Good. Yeah. Good. You ready to get into it?
2: <laughs> that, that sounds like you want to fight.
0: <laughs> this is why I brought you here.
2: Oh, no. Mm. Yes, let's get into Name That Neighborhood for let's. sure.
0: So the two neighborhoods from which you are choosing
2: are Hazelwood. Ooh, like our dog. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: a little, it's a little, uh, a little in mosh. honor of Hazel, yeah.
2: yeah. And she likes the woods. She does. Yeah, widely known fact. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Or shady side.
2: Shady side. Yes. Ooh, that sounds like the nefarious side of yourself. Shady side.
0: <laughs> have you never heard of that neighborhood before?
2: <laughs> no, I have. Oh,
0: okay. Just checking. I'm
2: just trying to spice things up here. No,
0: I'm loving it. Now that I'm... we're
2: doing it weekly, I, uh, oh. yeah. Wow, it's pressure. Yeah.
0: A I lot understand. of pressure. I understand. You're going to be great. Okay, okay. And there are only four statements of facts.
2: Nuh-uh.
0: It's the truth. So, I mean, you got that
2: going for you. Which is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Number one. From the 1960s into the 1990s, this neighborhood was a lively center of the Pittsburgh area music scene with places like the Raspberry Rhino, the Fox Cafe, Luz, and the Casbah, hosting blues, folk, and rock musicians.
2: Well, Shadyside, of course.
0: Oh, very good. Very good. It was it Casbah? I
2: I think so. There there was a a number of those that sounded familiar from back in the day.
0: Back in the day. So now back in the day, there were also the Gaslight Club, the Balcony and the Encore. The Encore was the first live music venue to open in Shadyside in 1959. And it would come to play host to legends such as Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Mingus, Ella Fitzgerald, and Earl Hines. You may have heard of them. I've heard of them. Yeah. Now, ooh, but back to the Raspberry Rhino, mm-hmm. uh, if I may. So it was originally the Pizza Pub. And in 1976, the owner leased it to Froggy Morris, a Pittsburgh icon, really.
2: Sure. Is he um, the uh, proprietor of Froggie's?
0: Yes, he is indeed. Oh. Uh, and Froggy renamed the pizza pub the Raspberry Rhino, and he actually initially la- uh, relaunched it as a disco in 1976. <laughs> but apparently that didn't really take off okay. so much. So in 1978, he made it into a live music club. Hmm. And I got to give a little shout out. There's a, uh, there's a site called Pittsburgh Music History where I got a lot of that info from. So cool. So much info. But I got to give a shout out. Shall we keep going?
2: Uh, so we, uh, we, we must. You don't
0: really have a choice. And I always ask. <laughs> Number two. The second oldest stone building in Pittsburgh stands in this neighborhood. Hazelwood. Well,
2: look at you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well done.
2: Ironic that in a neighborhood called Hazelwood, the second-largest stone building. Just pointing that out there for thought process purposes.
0: I'm gonna take some notes. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's known as Hazel Hill, and it was built in 1792. And the only stone building older than it is the Fort Pitt Blockhouse. Wow. Yeah. Okay. To give you an idea. So it was the home of John Woods.
2: who mm-hmm.
0: was one of the area's original European settlers. And it's a vernacular style house. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I don't know if you did.
2: I, no, I only know vernacular in terms of language.
0: Right. So um, that is an architectural style that's designed without an architect. And it's huh. basically, you know, based on local needs, availability, construction materials, and can reflect local traditions. So it's pretty much building with what you have. Yeah. And, you know, using perhaps, you know, what's around you as as inspiration. And it is still there today, obviously. And apparently there is now uh, the Woods House Historic Pub inside of it. Um, mm. And as they say on their website, quote, the Woods House is where people from all walks of life, local and from other parts of Pittsburgh, come to hang out, eat and have fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was, I should say, the building um, was added to the National Register of Historic Places in
2: 1993.
0: Okay. Yeah. Number three. This neighborhood is home to the Minnetonka Building, which houses the Mazur Galleries and Cappy's Cafe, among other favorite neighborhood spots. Shady side. You are correct. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I mispronounced the galleries. I think it's Mazer. Okay. I gave it a little flair. Oh yeah, but... you might.
2: <laughs> you might want to fact-check that. For the, <laughs> if not this episode, for the next one.
0: For the next one, it is shady side. So, uh, according... should I
2: just uh, should I call it shady side? Just I would
0: to, like that. Yes. Yeah. If you could.
2: On you. the shady side.
0: Thank you very much.
2: Shady side.
0: So. <laughs> Smooth the... operator. <laughs> Uh, he's going to keep going folks the, uh, the, that Minnetonka building was built in 1908 now as far as the galleries go they're proud to offer the largest inventory of paintings and limited edition works on canvas and paper in all of Pittsburgh and much of their work is contemporary but the collection is eclectic including sports art traditional oil paintings and work by the finest national and international masters and I have to tell you When I went to their site, on their homepage, they have... uh, They're showing new works by Anna Razumovskaya, and they're gorgeous. Mm. So, listeners, you got to take a look. Oh, my gosh. They're gorgeous. And then, Cappy's Cafe. Have we ever been there together? I know I've been there.
2: Uh, I believe... I can't remember. Yes. Either together or separately, because I've been to Cappy's (laughs) as
0: well. Sure. Maybe we have. But... And they're known... um, They... They use a grease-free, eco-friendly cooking system. Superheated convection air is used to cook many traditionally fried items, such as hot wings, seasoned waffle fries, and battered cheese sticks. Yes, please. (laughs) I added that last part, of course.
2: Of course you did. That's uh, that air fryer
0: that all the the kids are using these days. (laughs) We have to go back to Cappy's. Don, you only have one more.
2: I'm aware.
0: Number four because Scottish immigrants were the first Europeans to settle in this neighborhood. It was once known as Scotch Bottom. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) I know.
2: Uh, Let's go Hazelwood.
0: Perfect score. You're back, baby. Four for four.
2: I rose from the Scotch Bottom to the top.
0: Okay, yes. Uh, more specifically, Scotch Bottom was the area from Four Mile Run to the Six Mile Ferry, which is four and six miles, respectively, from the point downtown. So that's okay. how they—that's where they got those names from. So yeah, the Scotch were the first, and our buddy John Woods at yeah. the John Woods House was one of them. Mm. He was Scottish, and I didn't say this. At the time...
2: But you will now. But I
0: will now, that the pub there, they feature f- drink... F-
2: the pub features drinks. Talk. No, the pub features drinks, <laughs> listeners. That's a... Wow. It's a first. What a fact. They feature... That neighborhood. A statement of fact.
0: The eats and drinks that they feature um, are found in traditional Scottish pubs. So they're tying in that the Scottish history uh-huh. uh, from that area. Now, so we had okay. So the Scottish were the first. Then later, you had the Irish, uh, Hungarians, and Italians coming into Hazelwood, among others, and they came in to work in the mills and on the railroads. And then, as construction got underway for the Civic Arena, many members of the Black community made Hazelwood their
2: home. Okay. And that's where we are. That's where you are.
0: And you are four for four. That's where you are. Woohoo!
2: <laughs> Seems like this training is paying off. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Got to keep it going. Keep that rolling.
0: Keep it strong, Don. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Thank you for your time.
2: <laughs> you're you're welcome, Tressa.
0: <laughs> Blisters, <laughs> I'm having trouble just closing this out. I don't.
2: My uh, my time has I was been thanked. To say thank you. Yes, you've thanked me for my time. Thank
0: you very much.
2: And that th- this was another rousing rendition <laughs> of "Name That Neighborhood."
0: Well, let's see if I have better luck closing out this episode. <laughs> That is going to do it for us here. Episode 43 of Yins Are Good. I am your host, Tressa Glover. Huge thanks again to Stephanie Rodriguez of Upstreet Pittsburgh and Julia Broglie of the Broglie Box. Please do check our show notes to learn even more about these incredible organizations and the work that they're doing. And you know what I'm going to say. We want to keep hearing from you. We want to hear about acts of kindness. We want to hear who you want to thank. Who are you grateful for? Who makes your life better? You know how to do it. Leave us a voicemail at 1-833-399-GOOD or send an email. good at gmail.com Thank you so much for listening in. And I wish you a good week, full of love, full of laughter, full of gratitude. And until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to the Corcoran Collective, Dante Julian. And as always, for our fantastic artwork, Mike. Rubino.